This is Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. Ask any farm transition professional about how many farmers and ranchers have an estate plan or an up-to-date succession plan in place, and the answer will often be half or less than half. While there may be a number of reasons for these numbers, while there may be a number of reasons for these statistics, those same farm transition professionals will no doubt all agree on the same point, that estate and succession planning is a necessity. Joining me to discuss some simple steps that farmers and ranchers can take now with their families to put together these plans is Alan Vanalik, an extension educator for farm and ranch succession and transition here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Hi, Alan. Hi, glad to, uh, nice to be on. Thanks for joining me. And uh, folks can find a new article you've written. It's released as part of the uh, Ag Econ Department's Cornhusker Economics Series. And we've also got it on our website, cap.unl.edu. Uh, about what we're going to be talking about here today. And uh, certainly it's very important. And we want to kind of walk people through some steps that you recommend to, to start this planning process. So first, uh, what are some of the reasons behind the fact that only around half of farmers and ranchers don't have a current estate or succession plan in place? Farmers and ranchers don't plan for a variety of reasons. Um, most of it includes uh, just not wanting it. Most of it concludes not wanting give, giving up control. The baby boomers of our generations uh, learned that work was their their mantra. There's, that was their that was their iron shield. I mean, that's what they did. You you had to work. You had to work hard. You had to work a lot of hours. And so, for boomers, it is a control issue. As a matter of fact, our our survey I did showed that 77 percent of farmers never plan to give up control of their operation. So, so why would you quit if you still think it's about control? You also may want to think that you. Um, you may not ever want to retire because you don't want to, that relates your, your retirement to your mortality that you'll pass away, and that that's you don't want to think about that. That's a sad thing to think about, so you just don't think about it at all. And uh, for some some cases, you just don't you don't know what else you do, so you might as well just keep working if you haven't developed hobbies or other things to work on or think about. So uh, those are some of the reasons why people don't retire. And of course, the advice here is that uh, despite those reasons. It's important to have plans in place, succession plans and estate plans in place, because as you often teach, too, too often you hear about an emergency happening or something urgent coming about. So uh, important to have these plans in place before that happens, right? So my, so my suggestion is let's, let's put a plan in place while we're still healthy and doing well and there's no stress in the family. Uh, in many cases, and research has shown and proven this, uh, fam, farm families wait to, to address the plan or address what's going to happen next uh, after there's been a, a somebody pass away, after there's been somebody, somebody's demise. And so and when the family will be grieving, they'll be stressed, they'll be sad, and that's a terrible time to work on what happens next to the farming operation. I think the better time to do it is just, just do the, let's know that we're all going to, we, we don't have to retire. This, the point here is I'm not embarrassing anyone to think that they have to plan, make retirement plans. No, knock yourself out, keep working. You're not going to retire anyway, especially if you're older. So and that's fine. All I'm saying is we haven't figured out how to avoid our great demise. We're all going to pass away. So what happens to our stuff when we're gone? And uh, so the plan is, so I suggest let's have a plan for that instead of waiting until there's uh, some kind of catastrophic event. And then we have to make a plan while everybody's grieving and everybody's sad and everybody has this, this stress in their life. Let's get a plan before that happens. Let's do it now while everything's more calm. 
And in this new article you have, you really simply and nicely lay out some steps that farmers and ranchers can take. So I'm just going to walk through these steps and, and ask you to kind of explain each one so we get an idea of what's involved here. And the first one that you list is coming up with what you call a great list of your quote unquote stuff. So what do you mean stuff? What goes into this list? Well, it's a great list. It's a great list of what you have. In other words, uh, what's my inventory or what's my what's a detailed balance sheet look like for you? In other words, uh, this is what I own. This is how I own it. This is what it's worth. This, if I have anything left to pay, this is what I have left to pay. And just a listing for everything. It's a listing for your land. It's a listing for your machinery. It's a listing of your livestock. It's a listing of your house and your household inventory. It's a listing of your personal cars. It's a listing of everything that you have, including grandma's yellow pie plate. All the stuff that's of value to you should be listed on this list somehow. It's a great inventory. It's a it's a detailed balance sheet or detailed inventory list of everything you have, how you own it, and what it's worth. Uh, that. By the way, if you don't have that list and you go to a lawyer and ask them to help provide you, help you with an estate plan, they'll be, they'll be glad to do that. And they'll pull out a pad of paper and they'll say, what do you own? And then you start telling it to them and they'll, and they'll write it down. They'll record it for you, but it's all at 3 to 5 $7 a minute. And so let's have that list for them uh, done. And so that's why I'm encouraging everyone to get that list of stuff, that inventory, that, that set of assets that they own uh, listed on a piece of paper. A great first step. And uh, then going into step two, which you describe as optional, uh, that is to meet with your family. So what are some tips for this process? And, and even though optional, uh, why is it so important in your mind? Well, in my view, meeting with the family or getting the immediate family together to talk about what might happen to all the stuff, if you will, is important because I think that um, if especially if I'm an in-law or somebody like that, I mean, how do I feel like I'm a part of that family? I feel like a part of that family is when I'm asked for input, to give input. I'm asked what my thoughts are. And so my suggest that this, is, this, this family meeting, if you choose to have one, is not about making decisions. It's only about gathering input. Who, who want, who's interested in having grandma's yellow pie plate? Or who's interested in having that antique tractor that was refurbished and put in parade condition that's 50 years old? Who's interested, or 60 years old, who's interested in having um, that 80 that's down by the river to, to maybe go hunting on? Or who's interested in having the section of grass up in the middle of the sand hills that, that we graze cattle on, or that sort of thing? I mean, who's, who's interested? Who's a part of this thing and who isn't a part of this thing? And so you're just trying to gather input on who's interested and who who's who wants to be in and who's out and what what them what their interests might be. Uh, so that's 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 the that's what I talk about. What we should be doing in a family meeting. Some families will choose to do that individually with each set of uh, uh, children and their spouses, that sort of thing. Some people will just bring everybody together. You could do it either way, but I encourage some kind of a step like that. And we should also point out now that uh, you have a good amount of resources too, where you, you talk more about these family meetings, who should be involved and some strategies for communication stuff. And so we'd encourage people to check out your, your farm succession webpage. That's at uh, our center for ag profitability site. If you go to cap.unl.edu slash succession, you can find lots of uh, other resources here. Uh, so if you do have that family meeting, you, you take that step to gather the input, then what should be done with that feedback? So then, then the people that, the, the, well, 
There's no real rules or laws here on estate planning. The closest thing to I thought, that I found that it, 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 that's close to a law or a rule is that the golden rule applies. And the golden rule on estate planning is, is uh, not what we hear in church or, or anything like that. This golden rule is just simply you as the gold makes the rule. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but you as the gold makes the rule. So after mom and dad or grandpa and grandma or whoever's in charge, whoever has the gold, uh, has this family meeting or get, gathers input from their family on who's interested, who's not interested, and what are they interested in, what are they not interested in. And then the people with the gold need to make some decisions. And, and the decisions I think you need to make is not whether you're going to use a trust or a LLC or a will or anything like that, or C-Corp, S-Corp, any of those structures. You don't, you're not worried about structures right now. You're saying, in our perfect world, in our perfect family, here's what we'd like to have happen, Okay. It usually starts with, I want our fa- my family to still get along when we get done. I, I want the on-farm kid to be able to continue to farm a ranch, or the, on- you know, the on-operation kid to be able to farm a ranch. And then you, then you go on and say, here's what, how we, kind of we want to do with our, with our stuff, if you will, and here's, wh- here's what we think ought to happen. It ought to be all auctioned off, and, and, uh, or they should all be given away, or we'll have, a draw- we'll have a great big family drawing and draw for all the stuff. Who's interested in this can put their name in the hat. Those kind of things. And so uh, however, you, however you choose to do that, that's fine. But people with the gold have to make the rule. And, uh, that's, and, and right now, they should just try and formulate or put together what they think in a perfect world, what a perfect world would look like. And th- th- that's all they're trying to get to. Make some decisions based on your utopia, basically. Perfect. And after that, this is when you recommend you go to get the lawyer involved. So uh, what should this meeting with, with the lawyer when you're setting this up, what should that include? So you're going to take that list of all your stuff, that inventory list, that balance sheet. You're going to take down what your perfect world looks like. This is what I think we ought to do with our stuff. This is perfect. In my perfect world, this is what happens to it. And then you go to a meet with a lawyer and the lawyer will apply the right tool or tools to make that happen. You don't have to know ahead of time going to the lawyer that you're going to use a trust or a will. Let the lawyer assign that for you. And by the way, if you don't if you don't care for what the lawyer is saying, or the lawyer is leaving you in the dust with their talk, or if you can't understand what they're saying, there's too much legalese. If you don't if you can't get along with your lawyer, you can go find a different one. You can pay them whatever they needed for their hourly service, and then go find a different lawyer because you have to work with somebody you trust that you know that you can work with that's worked with farm families and knows how to handle your situation the most efficiently and the best for your perfect world that you'd like to create. And as you mentioned before, having your ducks in a row when you go to that meeting is going to save you time and and money with the attorney's fees, uh, which is what you're advocating for here. So the next step, which you kind of touched on, is deciding how assets will be passed. So can you explain? Well, I mean, too many people stop the process because they um, think they have to know before they go see the lawyer, whether they're asking the lawyer to do a trust or asking the lawyer to make an LLC. And, and or whatever they want to use, other structure you want to use, those are structures. And I think that we shouldn't stop the process because we don't know what we want to have used. We should, we should continue the process and let the lawyer decide what should be used. Listen, if I have a transmission that's giving me trouble on my vehicle, uh, do I go to the transmission specialist and tell them what wrench to use or what tool to use to fix my car or truck? Absolutely not. I don't know anything about that. And I can't, I could read about transmissions for three days and not every, know everything there is to know about transmissions. And so I think that sometimes farm families have got to understand that getting these tools put in place for your farm succession or transition plan is just like uh, working on a transmission. You cannot know everything there is to know about that, but don't let that stop the process. You let a good lawyer or good, your good 
uh, professionals, ag professionals, could include an insurance agent, could include a financial planner, could include your lawyer, a whole bunch of other people, be your bag banker. All those people have to help you, guide you through what you do with your stuff, that getting that plan put together. I think that's, I think that's a very appropriate way to think about that. And then when it comes time to finalize that written plan, what should be done with it? Does it, who needs to sign it? Who needs to know about it? What are well? It depends. Steps? It depends on what kind of plan you put in place. But the big, the big point here is that uh, the people who have the goal, the, the the matriarch, patriarch, or whoever that happens to be, they're going to be signing it, right? But I think I, the the most important step here is they make sure everybody in the family, or at least the, their children, know what that those documents say, whether it's a trust or a will or an LLC or whatever. It is. They, they should let their kids kind of know in general what that says. There should be no surprises upon their demise. And now we're reading the will about what 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 was going to happen, and that's what causes trouble. So don't don't. Don't shirk your responsibility as a parent or as a matriarch patriarch to let the next generation know what the plans were. They need to know that. They need to know that up front. And I think that helps with some of the surprises at the end. So when the will is actually read and when it's time to, to have that, you know, that work that has to occur after death uh, taking place, there's no, there's no big uh, loops being thrown. If people don't know where to start with this, you know, there's, there's not necessarily, when you start out with this planning process, any particular document you have to find or anything. I mean, you can just take a pad of paper and start writing things down, correct? And, and you can kind of formalize it later. Yeah, so just, yeah, make sure. If you need to start, if you haven't started yet and you need to start, just take out a sheet of paper or get out a spreadsheet on the computer or whatever you want to use and just start writing everything you have down. Just write it all down. Uh, including in, in, in insurance policies, including investments made electronically or, or, or excuse me, through, through investment companies, including all those things that I talked about before, the, in, the, the farm inventory, the, the pasture inventory, the machinery inventory, even inventory of grain on hand or grain, grain bin storage or that sort of thing. All those things need to be listed and you're, and you're just getting a good balance sheet or a good inventory put in place. That's where you start. That's always where you start. And then uh, jumping ahead then to the end, you list a final step in this process, which you recommend to be an ongoing one where you encourage people to review their plans over time. Yeah, the, the cynical side of me said that, uh, you know, I would listen to lawyers say every three to five years you come in and I will review your plan and make sure it's right. And I thought, well, it's just a way for a lawyer to make another charge. And I, 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 but, but they're right in a sense that it should be, you should review your plan every time something changes in your family or every three to five years, whichever comes first. You have to review your plan and please may be, be amendable and make plans that can be changed and amended and fixed uh, and I think, that, you know, my, my point, my central point on teaching, teaching this is just to say, if I don't have a plan, I could be looking at uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes. If I do have a plan and something changes, and it will, then making a change in that plan is only a few hundred bucks, maybe a thousand or two. It, the, the changing the plan is way less expensive than not having a plan and having a mistake there. And so, and so just the main thing is, uh, work with your prof- you don't need to go see your professional every time you need to review a will or tr- trust or LLC or whatever you put in place, but you go look at it, and if it still says what you want it to say, great. And if it doesn't, then go get it changed. Fix it. All right. Great advice from Alan Vanolik, an extension educator for farm and ranch succession and transition here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Again, for more resources on succession and transition, make sure you visit his webpage, CAP, that's C-A-P, dot unl dot edu slash succession 
Alan, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.